Welcome to the first mid-season episode of season four of Sequelizers. This is not the usual format, but don't worry, I'm still your host, Jack Chambers. And joining me, my three dearest colleagues, Mr. Matthew Stockton. Hi. Timothy Mayton. <laughs> Hello. And Alexander John Plowman. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good Lord. So, as I mentioned, it's not a usual episode this time. It's one of our... We're actually doing mid-season stuff rather than in-between-season stuff that we're calling mid-season stuff. <laughs> we're actually using the correct verbiage this time for, for the first time in the history of the show, probably. And it's basically this episode idea came from... We had the idea of including a particular film in this season. And we literally got to the point of us thinking about, like, oh, it's going to be in a couple of episodes' time. And hold on a minute. Do any of us actually care or know or why is this film in here maybe we should talk about this series as a whole because it's a long running series of films that probably needs fixing in various ways in various points across like nearly 30 years we're talking about friday the 13th all 12 of them (laughs) (laughs) so the the kind of origin comes from you alec i think and originally to let the listeners in on a little uh behind the scenes thing you pitched Friday the 13th part five as the bit that needs fixing. That is that is correct. So <laughs> there was a great bit as well. I should immediately rush to, to Alex's defense before people start like going straight to Twitter and say, you dickhead. Um, <laughs> They've already done it. They will pause the episode <laughs> and go straight. Alex did say about, we had this like heated discussion and then I said, I should point out, I don't give a fuck about this franchise. So, I mean, I, so I don't dislike Friday the 13th, no. but Friday- all of them. Okay, I don't dislike the concept, the existence okay. of Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Correct answer. Um, but my thing is that Friday the Thirteenth of these series has always been my least favorite. It's always been behind Halloween. It's always been behind Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It's always. I mean, you know, I don't know if you could really call Texas Chainsaw or a series in the same way, but it's always been behind yeah. Texas yeah, Chainsaw. Yeah, I would do. Yeah. yeah. Like Child's and Play and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, I do. No, yeah. No. Um, but um, <laughs> again, another bit of behind the scenes here. We try to pick a range of different kinds of films when we do sequelizers. There's some obvious recurring types. But yeah. We all... for, e- for each season, we want a bit of diversity, right? Yeah. And we can't, yes. don't want to do like, let's all, there's a sci-fi season and then a horror season or whatever. We want to, for our own sanity and I think for the sake of the listeners as well, I think that's important. Yes. And we'd, we'd always, we always try, well, we we have tried to get a horror film, at least one horror film in every season. Mm. And it seemed like a natural idea to attempt uh, slasher movies because they are so notoriously sequeled to death. That's like um, said, there's, tw- there's twelve of these fucking things in yeah. this franchise, and that, like you said, there's also Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, and they've all got up to like a dozen sequels for each fucking franchise. Yeah. But the problem that I think we faced with Friday the Thirteenth is in my head. I kind of went back to. So I was quite a fan of these sorts of films when I was a teenager. And I went back to my teenage knowledge of Friday the 13th. And I went, yeah, number five's the one where it gets bad, right? That was my cutoff point. Number four is like the the high point. So that's what I had. And that's what I pitched to everybody. And everybody kind of begrudgingly went, okay, I guess we're going to come in with <laughs> number five, if you say so. Mm. And then while we started to put together this episode... Uh, Jack was looking at the Rotten Tomato scores <laughs> and it came out that, well, we've got a bit of a problem here because by our criteria, critically, nobody thought any of these films was no. any good mm. apart yeah. from number one, which people rated Kinda, as yeah. being so acceptable. Num- number one is a 63%. That's the by far the highest yeah. in the whole series, which is saying something because yeah you get an average of 28 percent across all 12 films Mm. ranging from eight percent the lowest which (laughs) is jason takes manhattan to the first one friday the 13th from 1980 which is 63 Mm -hmm. uh quick little rundown you got 63 29 12 20 Alex beloved number four is twenty. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> the high point of the series. The high point of the series mm. is twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Then sixteen for part five, fifty-two. Like I said, that goes back up for part six. Jason yeah. lives apparently. Um, 
The New Blood, part seven, is 29%. The lowest point, Jason Tanks Manhattan, is 8%. Then Jason Goes to Hell, 24%. Oh, Jason X <laughs> is 19%. Freddy vs. Jason is 41 And the reboot in 2009 is 25%. So, yeah, there's almost not enough goodness in there for us to even <laughs> want to fix the fucking series. So it's interesting because, and I, we should point this out now, because we, again, the fury of the internet, Friday the 13th is a very, for some people, beloved franchise. People have a lot of fondness for it. And I was asking people at work and just in general family and friends the other day, Friday the 13th, you know the films, right? Oh yeah, could you na name the killer from it? Uh, and then eventually you get to, no, not Michael, just Jason. Jason, Jason, right? Jason you yeah. know. So, and what's his defining thing? Oh, he's got like a, a hockey mask. It's like, there you go. And what does he use? I don't know, a cleaver or a machete. Or something. Yeah, that's one, pretty yeah. much, yeah. The, you, you got it. Can you tell me any of those films, what happens in them? And they're like, oh. He stabs people, right? <laughs> Even then, nobody actually said it's that. Really? Like, nobody said he killed people, just like, oh. He chops oh. them and stabs them with the big But what's knife. interesting is that iconic image of Jason, um, again, the big stalking behemoth with the machete and the hockey mask, that evolved over three films. So again, like with Alex about jumping in at five, it makes a logical sense because ultimately, if you say, right, let's do number two, it's like, well, Jason isn't really in one. It's, you know, spoilers, Pamela Voorhees. It's his mum. Yeah, so technically speaking, people get very rapidly defensive of this, this whole series from start to end. But also at the same time, it's hard to say, right, so... If we fixed two, you end up doing that with the reboot, for example, in 2009, where you're like, let's just amalgamate the first three films effectively into one story. Yeah, and I think looking back at the, the plots of them, I think Alex was... Plots in quotations. <laughs> yeah. I think Alex was right that five is the natural point to step in because mm. four is... There, there is... Corey a There is a, a weirdly stretched out and, you know... Couldn't couldn't say if the plot is worth being stretched out over four films, but there's a consistent story that seems to flow through those first four films, and it ends with Jason finally being killed. And like the there's before when he's dealt with, there's a kind of ambiguity of like, oh well, he got he got hit, and we finally scared him off, mm. but he's still alive, kind of thing. And it follows quite a tight sequence of events. Like it's quite, you know, one film literally picks up a few hours after, um, I think that's two to three, like mm. three is, yeah. is literally like a couple of hours later. And it's, here's the wound that Jason got that finished him off at the end of two. Here's him treating himself right mm. at the start yeah. and getting clothes. And, and that's when he finds the hockey or possibly later he finds the hockey mask. But, mm. um, so it feels like when you look at the plotting, that five is the right time to point and step in because it's when they started trying to do something different. It's before Jason became a supernatural threat. Especially as Jason isn't actually the killer in five. Yeah. It pulls a fucking Scooby-Doo. Well, so there's a weird thing that goes on with the Friday the 13th films. And part of... So from the fan perspective, we should say yes. that one, two, three, and four are generally very well liked by the fans yes yeah yes and then, not critically as we just as and well. then yeah. with the exception of six it's considered that things go on downward trajectory from number five and i think it's very interesting because part of this you have to understand what the criteria of a good friday the 13th film is for a friday the 13th fan mm. because the big problem that people have with five is number one that it's not jason and the problem that they have with the subsequent films is that the MPAA got a lot tougher on ratings for these movies. Yeah. So the gore and the nudity is cut down dramatically as the series goes on. Have you seen the deleted scenes with actual the gore that Tom Savini was doing on those films? It's really fucking good. I bet it is. Yeah. yeah. And they just literally uh, just butcher it. Was Savini doing the later ones? Uh, I know he, he did the first one. I think he did seven, actually, and I think about it as well. Because yeah. I think there's this whole thing with a, a sleeping bag being whacked into a tree multiple times, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, but again, the MPA is like, no, you get one impact only. I was like, really? That's yeah. stupid. Mm. But you're right. It, it censors the films in many ways, shapes, and forms, which makes it much weaker. And then you've got budget well, constraints. Even though but it's, it's to yeah. do with the, the visceral pleasures of what those films are and what the audience wants from it. Because I wonder... I think that there's an issue here that we have with this film and i wonder if this is a, a 
so with sequelizers, we have we have not based the films we have chosen on Rotten Tomatoes ratings because no. otherwise, why Shrek two? <laughs> and also, <laughs> we've done franchises like Home Alone, where the second film didn't do very well in terms of critical reception based on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. But um, we decided that the the rot sets in moment was number three. Yeah. Anyway. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is an interesting thing here because we are dealing with a series that is beloved and influential and that critics do not respond well to. Mm. So at what point do we have to say, critics be damned, yeah. <laughs> there is an argument for this being something that is worthy of sequelizing, even though critics might not have liked it. Yeah. The other thing that we have to factor in here, and I've not looked into this, is in terms of the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, how many of those reviews are contemporary to the film's release and mm. how many of them are reviews yeah. of today? I think that culturally, as with a lot of 80s horror, these films have been l low budget trash. They, they, were, they were trash. They, they, were, they are literally just uh, nudity. Um, and again, this is as you're saying, but what does the, what do the fans dictate as a good uh, Friday 13th film? And the, the answer usually tends to be, is Jason cool? Does he look cool when the mask eventually comes off? Are the kills good? And uh, ultimately, is it um, an entertaining enough time? It's not the justification of a story or even the human characters because they don't seem to well, matter. I I would um, I would cut in there because I think that it's not a it's I think to a point, but I think it's not a coincidence that number four which is probably the film with the strongest characters, particularly with Corey Feldman's character, who is the most defined protagonist that you have in a Friday the 13th film, probably, uh, and becomes a recurring character through other films based on his popularity. Yeah. Um, although not played by Feldman. Always someone different. But yeah. um, I think that that kind of flies in the face of that because the most story-driven Friday the 13th film is the most beloved by the fan base. That's fair, that's fair. Um... Yeah, I think it's you're right. It is it is a thing. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's it, it's a genuine contradiction in terms. It's like okay, what do you invert commas the fans like from these movies? And it's like I want to see someone getting butchered in cool ways. And Jason has to kind of not necessarily win, so he gets disposed of. But the, this is the thing: the evolution of Jason, which we come back to a little bit later, because that's a, a conversation in itself, um, has to be addressed. But ultimately, yeah. It, I think, in, if I'm honest, uh, other than the fans saying, oh, we like this, we like that, it's very difficult to ascertain what makes it a good film because the first one is just kind of a Halloween slash psycho clone and therefore it's almost like reasonable first place to start with because it's like, yeah, I like this. It's like, yeah, you like it because you like Halloween, you like psycho, ultimately. it's that We've seen these plots. We've seen the idea of someone getting that sort of thing. But ultimately it doesn't do anything new. So when you get to the stage where you are doing something new with it in these sequels, it doesn't bring as much to the table until four, which does, I think, oh God, I think I want to say it's like maybe Halloween four or five where it does the same thing where it's like, well, clearly we're going to try and pass the line on to the next generation of killer, copycat killers. And then you don't go through with it very well. A new, you know, creative team comes in and goes wacky with it or a bit too self-aware or, or what the hell ever. I think the, um, yeah, the, the, the fan conversation always <laughs> puts me in mind of that bit in The Simpsons where they have a focus group for Itchy and Scratchy. <laughs> and it's like, hey, do you want to see Itchy and Scratchy having like wild, wacky adventures out in space? And all the kids go, yeah! And then they go, or, who, how many of you want to see Itchy and Scratchy having you know relatable adventures about what you see every day? And all the kids go, yeah! Uh, and I think there, yeah. there is a, there's a weird split between people who want to see like story and an evolving cast of characters and building up those background characters and, and having like a more consistent mythology even if it's not necessarily a supernatural one mm. um, and people who are just like yeah I just want to see Jason just like mess some fools up. Well it, it's a difficult thing with these films because also and they are very much designed for this they appeal to you at a specific point in your life which is adolescence <laughs> and you know uh, these kinds of films were made for adolescents and which i think is part of the reason why the mpaa then gets so concerned about them later on especially once feldman is in it because they feel like that opens them up more to a, a younger demographic sure. but i think that the truth is that when you are watching these films when you are 14 and i started watching these probably when i was about 13 or 14 years old and you know what when you're 14 
story is great and all, but your mm-hmm. interest can be sustained for a good 90 minutes if there's a sufficient amount of tits mm-hmm. and murdering. <laughs> and I think that's the thing is that... That doesn't sum up 14-year-old Alec. I don't know what that was. <laughs> well, 14-year-old <laughs> any of us, to be fair. I think that's just... That's a, that's a 14-year-old Alec was thing. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a, a, uh, a 14-year-old who is interested in tits yeah <laughs> and, and murdering yeah. yeah um it's a it's a yeah it's um i think there's a there's a weird thing here because they are um these are films designed with a particular demographic and exploiting things about that demographic in mind i do think and i feel like i have to be the de facto friday the 13th defender here do it even do it. though if I'm honest, I'm not that bothered. No, I no, don't we, think it needs Friday, to be a voice in the room. So I don't you're think Friday films, you know, the, like, I, the fact that I'm not that bothered is the strongest positive yeah. opinion in this room. Yeah. That sums it up. But I do think that at these films best, there is more to them than just copycat uh, sl- slasher movies. I think that Friday the 13th did something different enough when it first came out that made that, that there's a reason that that film is still regarded as a classic. There is an interesting uh, theory that I've heard posited by a few different individuals, so I don't credit anyone in particular, but the idea that there are certain things you can um, tune into that relates to a national fear or a cultural uh, societal fear. So if you take like Godzilla, for example, of a certain generation of Japan, it's like, yeah, the A-bomb is a big fear. And then this became you know how godzilla shifted over years to become a fear of climate change and you know you know geological repercussions and stuff and if you look at dickensian horror that sort of gothic horror the city is where it all seems to happen it's cities because in from the old mindset it's like oh if you go that there london you're going to get murdered that kind of thing murder and murdered <laughs> a murder a murder it's can not you, murder as a londoner can you confirm this matthew can you get murdered in london i can confirm it on that thing <laughs> uh no i had to i, I left with your life in the witness protection room. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, explain I, a lot. No, there's there's murder in London. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, but there's murder everywhere. This is the truth. It's, it's, you can't get away from murder because people are around. So basically, the, the American fear, which is quite interesting, seems to be the wilderness because it preys on that idea of the frontier of constantly what's just on the horizon. Is it you know Native Americans? Is it more goddamn you know? you know colonial americans is it <laughs> is it some sort of bear is it something it's always the whole if you the westward expansion mindset you keep going we don't know what's out there and this is interesting because if you look at like the idea of a lot of what they prey on especially when you come to the 70s and 80s like deliverance and things you know one of the deliverance is a terrifying movie and the bad guys are just a bunch of hillbillies yeah. it's not even like they're a, a vicious supernatural force even with like you know, Friday the 13th. Yes, they had the bit at the end, which is a dream sequence slash hint towards, you know, underwater Jason, but it's just a woman whose kid died. Mm. It's, it's fucked up. So there is an interesting thing that cuts through to a root of a generation and a very society, especially when you link into like the Vietnam mindset of being fearful of a jungle. It sounds silly as a connection, but it's something that can be ascertained. So the longer you go on with those, the less relevant that can become. And so suddenly by the 80s and 90s, like going to Manhattan, for example, although let's face it, most of us are on a boat, um, <coughs> the fear comes back to the city and New York, for example. It's a weird thing because we don't really have that in Britain. You go into the wilderness in Britain, you're not going to bump into a bear or a wolf. Yeah, we killed a lot of animals. Yeah, we don't have that. Not even think of something like Australia. Like you go to, um, oh God, what's the Australian horror? Wolf? Wolf something? Creek. Wolf Creek, thank you, yeah. Even shit like that mm. is kind of like, the dangers of the outback and stuff that's a very and real the isolation kind of and the mm-hmm. isolation exactly yeah like there's nothing for hundreds of miles in any mm. direction you move for like 20 miles in any direction in britain you probably hit a town or something yeah. <laughs> like there's very few you parts hit a little where, chef yeah <laughs> yeah you, you can't move without hitting a fucking I little mean, chef or <laughs> and we don't have any like deadly animals here particularly like oh we've no. got a couple of poisonous snakes that'll really hurt yeah but like there's no spiders that kill you in six minutes or whatever. And no. Like, no bears, no British large fears, predators or anything. The British fear is rummins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong people. It's, it's, they feel like, like straw attack, dogs. Attack and, the block. Yeah, attack <laughs> the block. Yeah, but aliens, yeah. But like, like straw dogs, even like when I was a horror film, I was like, mm. what's, what's the danger there? Like a bunch of fucking 
roof tilers. Yeah. Or or hot fuzz versus a bunch of old people in a village. And notably in Straw Dogs, it's Americans who come here and are hassled (laughs) in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, I I remember hearing this theory and and the idea that also it's, it's kind of, it's where your culture commits their big sin yes, like, that's right, that's right. like the city is where we had the industrial revolution and it's where you know the birth of kind of consumerism and mm. the, the beating down of the worker and all those kind of things mm. and then with uh, america their big sins were you know slavery and the wiping out of native americans both of which happened on the fringes of society Mm. or you know in rural areas rather than in the big cities so it it makes sense that those yeah that that's where Mm. the setting of horror is this is way deeper than i was expecting for Friday the 13th the other thing with these films of course and i think something that often gets read into them is what what is going on in terms of this notion what is going on yeah well it's (laughs) Full stop. Friday the 13th is an interesting film because it, it, it's that idea of uh, teenagers being punished for... Uh, for lurid activities. For mm-hmm. committing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's entirely true. I think that It might start the, that way. But. but I think that, you know, because I think that, again, it's, it's understanding them, well, if that's the case, then why is it that the people that watch these films are the... <laughs> you know, there's obviously a, yeah, a moment point. of identification with where, where the people on screen are like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm watching that. Or there's an element of aspiration when you're 13 and you're like, I can't wait until I'm 17 when I can... You know, do the, do the see, kind of things that see boobs and, and like, kind of, yeah, and yeah. be stalked by a serial killer. I suppose it's <laughs> also the, the envy of like, oh, I'm not having sex and drinking and having a good time. Yeah, fuck them up. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> dark. <laughs> but I think there's also there's a kind of like a you know a sort of uh, Catholic guilt slash pleasure tied in there where it's you know as a catholic i confirm this (laughs) observing all these things as a teenager that you're like this is what teenagers do they drink and they smoke uh, you know have drugs and uh sex and stuff like that they have drugs they have drugs you can can tell that i spent my teen years having drugs uh (laughs) you've had so many drugs tim Yeah. yeah um Look at all that! Look at all of that um, heroin that yes. you've been rolling. And, I've, I've and just, <laughs> I've just, yeah, I've. Yeah. You spoon it into your mouth. Right? Yeah, yeah. You mix look it, at, sprinkle it on your cereal. Look yeah. at all that! Look at all that weed speed you've been dropping. Too. Yes, I, I, I roll up the weed the in a tobacco. syringe and then I inject it in my foot. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, right. that's a real thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's what they did in train spotting, right? <laughs> That's a good point. Actually. Yeah, we, we all know this from train spotting. Yeah. Uh, so you you have the, the teenage characters as the, the, the person that you project on, and then you have Jason as this figure that comes around and punishes them for the fun. So he kind of becomes the adult authority figure. And yeah. it is and it is making those things more exciting because not only are they forbidden by adult society, but there is this implicit like punishment hovering over you they become more risky because like in the you know on a subconscious level you're like someone's going to punish me for doing these things which again is what they cover so beautifully in cabin in the woods mm. it's the idea it's you you don't it's not enough just to kill people or to, to sacrifice they have to transgress willingly first mm. and then you can say good now you deserve to die mm. um but again that outline gets so the, the, again, let's bring it back five to things for a second. Um, that starts very clearly as here's a group of kids. Look at them. They shouldn't be there. Oh, <laughs> oh no, bad things are happening. And then <laughs> it progresses. And then you get to the realms of stupidity with certain sequels. In the same way that I can't stress enough, they made one of these fuckers every year, except like 83 and 87, I want to say, every goddamn year. And he's like, you have no time to generate something of any real worth and, and substance. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with. Like, oh, what's the story this time? Well, we have to kind of figure out how he's back. He's now a zombie and he's been resurrected by lightning. Okay, well, what now? Okay, and and I always maintain as much as people hate um, Jason Takes Manhattan because it is bad and it is mostly because they couldn't afford to film in New York, mostly on a boat. Um, even when it's in New York, it's not New York, is it's, it? Uh, <coughs> it's somewhere in it's Vancouver, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Tax breaks. But yeah. I still think uh, Jason Goes to Hell... That's the title of the ninth. That's the ninth one. Yeah, that is the worst one because it doesn't have a lot of Jason because it's that of like a Voorhees has to stop him and a slug that gets like vomited out and goes to a different person and they become these walking the weird little like clone chest 
first. Yeah, it's like that. Is, uh, the fuck is this? That is a weird film. That's the one where Sean S. Cunningham comes back, isn't it? Yeah, as a producer. And they're like, yeah, they made a big deal out of his return to the series, but it's yeah, they were wrong. <laughs> I so I guess my next question then yes. is, what would you want to see? From a Friday the 13th. Jason's dick. <laughs> wow. Um, what would um, you want to that see weird from little a worm Friday thing. movie? <laughs> okay. What would you want? Personally, I made a little, actually two little notes here. One second. Fix the oh, film. No, just says Jason's dick again. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> two notes. And then there's just a drawing of Jason's dick. Available on Patreon. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the bonus content right there. That's the bonus content. I that's made joke on Twitter earlier. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's right. You both had the same joke. It's good. Oh. I'm sorry. So I made two little notes here where I was thinking of how you could potentially um, sort of do something with it. And the problem is when you jump in. So, for example, I like the idea of a cult of Voorhees, basically, so that people get like the urban legend so obsessed with it that they end up becoming this murderous cult of just normy sort of people and you know it would probably be very much hated. wearing the mask kind Pro of thing, oh yeah definitely right? yeah, yeah. yeah it would be it would be hated by a lot of people because oh it's not jason it's like yeah but it never really is jason because what is jason you could make it that jason has to uh kill them all take them out yeah yeah they summon him and then he comes back and it's like <coughs> retribution against them all that would work quite yeah. nicely also i definitely think tommy needs to be uh, he's the strongest and oh this is the interesting thing because they kill off almost all the characters and then retcon it so some of the characters remember things yeah somehow um tommy's the only one who really has any lasting impact and the fact that he sh like cory feldman's character shaves his head to sort of become jason and there's always I, the nod that he might become I jason i feel like that's that's where i would have liked them to have gone yeah that it. feels like a logical step that you know that kind of going down that road would be would, would unhinge make cory feldman age 12 the killer <laughs> i my... don't have a problem with that i think it'll yeah. probably work really well I, I think i think i think age him up do it in like 10 years time or whatever do but it I now think... he'd do it yeah like actually What's that Corey would be quite... up to these days Stuff. not much but that would be quite a nice if you wanted to do the pretend the other ones didn't happen just jump in at number five make it oh, like today. halloween yeah make yeah. it today make Corey feldman the killer which brings me to an interesting point because technically speaking i was like halloween for example like oh it comes straight in after halloween what i can't remember now is it halloween one or two what? after one. the first one isn't it's after it? the first one isn't yeah. It? yeah it disregards everything else in the process which is helpful again it's the nature of when we come into when would you jump in so for example in order to do the tommy story you have to come in after four hence the five like the original sequelizer plan or alternatively you do like a cult of jason you just come in again you can't redo really one because he's not a thing so you have yeah. to kind of reboot it. You have to get to at least three by that point, mm. right? Or, or to the reboot sequel, 2009 version sequel. Mm. Or do we do what Tim did with Too Fast, Too Furious, which is take these elements oh, and just amalgamate them, them into, <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah. a better number two? Mm. I think, to me, like the most, and again, I will hold my hand, the only one I've actually seen is Jason X. Um, wow. But wow. I have... It's I one have, of the few I've seen as well. I've read through the others. And to me, like the, the most interesting, like, kind of thematic imagery stuff that leapt out in the first few films is the fact that it's always at crystal lake and the whole like jason keeping his mum's head as a like shrine mm. thing and the idea of making kind of transforming it into a sort of a more brutal version of psycho for the like the 80s and 90s yeah. kind of appeals and and like play up that idea because it, it starts off as that kind of revenge film you know it starts off with the mother wanting to take revenge not on the people who like were actually there when the when her son died but just the idea of campers who are not uh, camp counselors who are not being sufficiently yeah. attendant yeah um and it's so very psycho. yeah and and i think the idea of like zoning in on that family like weird dynamic where like she hung around seeking revenge and then he's meant to have kind of basically like grown up in the woods having not drowned <laughs> um <laughs> like uh yeah that like they should maybe maybe bring back the mum and have a re uh, have a reunion at some point it's unfortunate because the mum character is quite interesting but she's literally only in the, like the last 10 minutes of the first film yeah. and then such a pivotal impact afterwards despite the fact that she's the fucking killer it's mm. so weird I yeah, um, it's a difficult one with Jason's mum, isn't it? Because, and again, it's that thing where nobody remembers that that's the thing that happens mm. in the first Friday the 13th, that it's her. Drew it's Barrymore does now. It's also <laughs> weird watching it um, 
now that first film because you realize how tame it is in comparison to everything oh, that God, came afterwards yeah, it yeah. feels like a very different film from a very different era mm-hmm. and kevin bacon's in it which yes. is fun um but yeah it's a question of whether you pick up on that mythology as you said because mm. there is stuff there to be done with that and stuff to be done with jason's relationship with his mother because mm. we never really get that ever again do we mm. we never no. get the story of Jason and his mum coming back. Technically, which I think is a shame. you get a hint of it in oh god, five, six, six maybe. It, it does a lot of like it might be that part of it, the, the longevity that the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise has managed to have, is that it can kind of be all things to all people. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. got like the, the the roots of it are so very different to where it ends up being. It covers that kind of like psychological you know psycho kind of halloween type horror and then it moves and then it becomes just this kind of very quite by the booky like just killing teenagers by the droves Mm. you know and then we bring in supernatural stuff and then it gets very uh um like metatextual and starts like winking at the camera a bit and then it goes and then it crosses over to stuff and then it goes to space and like it 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 kind of feels like the iconography of Jason is so strong that it can stand up to, even if it's not particularly successful, you can put him in lots of different situations and it still kind of works. Which is surprising, genuinely surprising, because if you talk about like the, the films that have lasted and the characters that have lasted, um, Jason's such an oddity. Um, again, I just say Jason X is a wonderful example because it's so early 2000s <laughs> and so very bad, but it's also ridiculously uh, entertaining for lack of a better word because it's so stupid and so over the top and s- just so fucking dumb um, <laughs> because Jason has so little about him in terms of an actual fleshed out character because there isn't very much you can transpose him into so many different scenarios mm. so Jason Space makes perfect sense he wakes up out of a deep freeze and it's like well back to killing I guess <laughs> <laughs> he's resurrected yeah. with a uh, you know after Tommy skewers him with a pole Bolt lightning is like I'm up again, back to killing again. I guess. <laughs> is it, is it, do you have any? Is it, is we, it vengeance? Is it like against teenagers transgressing? Nap, just killing again. Except he's in Manhattan. Kick this boombox. <laughs> <laughs> what? And it's like, is that it? You're gonna kill these guys? Nah. Do it's we? Um, do we? like make a movie about jason's existential crisis is that the is that where you're going what with they kind of did with freddy versus jason because they they're in in i mean freddy versus jason is a boring ass movie until freddy versus jason bit happens mm. which is actually not yeah that's quite entertaining and uh when freddy's like sort of almost ants again psychoanalyzing um jason and finally he's afraid of water and he gets into him and it's this quivering little child and it's like oh this is yeah there's, there's quite a lot going on here almost um, in the same way that I, I can't stress this enough, and I do think Rotten Tomatoes got it wrong. I think, prepare for some bullshit. I think one of the strongest Friday the 13th films is the 2009 remake. Wow. Not because it's a good film and not because it's well made or anything. Unlike the Halloween remake, I do rather like the Rob Zombie one, but this one because it gives you all the beats that you think you like from the franchise in one digestible film. It's got over the top gore. It's got people dancing. It's got, it's got the, you know, the beats of these kids in the seventies going off to this lake. They shouldn't be there and all that sort of stuff, but it has him upgrading along and finally ending with the hockey mask. So it gives you everything. The problem is, as I was saying, everything to everyone sort of situation. When you quantify that saying, there's all the things you like about Jason, right? And then goes, uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't like that. So when you go like, where do we go next? There's, mm-hmm. That film did reasonably well, box office. It did fine, it? yeah. yeah. It did all right. Because the weird thing I find about these movies as well is that they are, like a lot of these franchises, very much of the moment. And yeah. I think that of that mid to late 80s moment to early 90s. And there's a reason that these films slow to a trickle after... Scream? N- well, after 1993. I was mm. going to say, and it's not just yeah, that's the longest break in the franchise, yeah. though. Yes, and it's not just audience fatigue. I think it's because of a shift in the culture and a shift in the kind of movies that get made. Yeah, um, but it's a difficult one because if you did want to reboot that now, it's a question of how you would do that now and do it so that it was resonant and had meaning. Mm. Because this is the other thing with these kinds of with these kinds of films is that I don't see that they have the same kind of longevity 
and mm. influence now. I think that there was a time, certainly in the early 2000s, and I think exactly because of things like Scream, and I know what you did last summer, sure. mm -hmm. these films were very much in the zeitgeist. Mm. And I, I think that it's not a surprise that the early 2000s is when you see this weird, like, this kind of mass of them pop up all of a sudden. You get two new Halloweens, you get mm. Freddy versus Jason, you get Jason X, um, uh, like like these revivals, but that those revivals don't last. No. And that for all of them, they then turn around in the late 2000s and go, shall we reboot them? Yeah. And that doesn't work either. None of them sustains a We enter a the age of reboots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. beyond, is, yeah. Beyond Rob Zombie's film, none of them sustains a sequel, I don't think, do they? Any no, of the rebooted really. series. I think there's a lot to be said for how they existed at the peak of the VHS era and that people grew up watching and re-watching them. Well, not grew up, hopefully, but hmm. teen teenaged. Came uh, of age. Came of age. Formative years. Yes. Uh, watching and re-watching. And they became that kind of thing where, you know, if you went down to your local video store, you could, you know, on a Friday night, you could just pick up another Friday the 13th. Friday night. Hey. Um, you know, and and work your way through and you always knew fairly consistently roughly what you were going to get. And I think because of that, they have that huge swell of affection that carries into the nineties when people start looking at those kind of slasher films kind of a little bit more reflexively and you get your screams and stuff like that. But then because that kind of archive of them has died out and I don't know if you can, like, I don't know if you can stream all of the Halloweens or all of the, nightmares There's or all a of the friday specific streaming yeah. service that i think has a bunch of weird shit on it and yeah I can't the, the fan life, base I can't what it's called have dictated that there will oh, well, there are definitely in america mm. huge blu-ray box sets with tons of features and yeah. shit. so they there is if you need it it's there i think but, there is but, a freddy versus jason all of both the franchises in one massive box set i've seen before but that's that ended up at a horror comic-con yeah in a roundabout way one year mm. i'm not a horror guy at all but i'm like <laughs> a glimpse into that world like some bit part actor in some film from like 1982 people went nuts and were like getting yeah. autographs and stuff and like, i've never heard of this guy but these people fucking love this guy yeah it's weird how much this series and we mentioned like the the iconography of the hockey mask and the machete and all that kind of stuff really transcends this series and has just been part of pop culture for nigh on 30 years now and it's mm. really kind of like look, look the group of us is an excellent example hardly enough have seen any of these films but we all know jason Voorhees. we know the mm. hockey mask we've seen the references on the simpsons or parodied in like mm. the fucking um in what the hell is it like the scary movie scary movie mm, thank yeah. you yes yeah. those things in the weird like late we 90s go around? i know we sort of alluded to this but should we go around and actually say what we have and haven't seen of these films. Matthew, Just, you've seen all of them? I've seen all of them, yeah. of course. Matthew sees everything because he's <laughs> a masochist. I see everything. I am everywhere. I am here. Tim? Yeah, just just Jason X. That's, um, that's bold. Yeah. It's so great. I love that in a way. I don't know why, but I really love that. <laughs> I can see, though, at, um, if you're at a place in time that's naturally going to be your entry point into that series that was the first one it? i saw yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, i didn't grow up as a horror fan like that was never the kind of stuff that i was interested in was and so it was just a i can't even remember why i i think it was probably on tv or something at some point and i watched it and i was like eh. um but yeah like like you say through cultural osmosis you kind of grow up aware of it aware of it mm. you know especially if you are interested in films in some way and you know you you get that you know you watch scream and you get the trivia of oh no yes. it was his mum in the first one and stuff like that yeah i've seen one three bits of manhattan x and freddy versus jason i mm. think I, was... I might have seen bits of other ones but they all blur together and i have no idea because mm. it was 10 15 years ago <laughs> i was hoping that you were um going to uh, just say the odd ones there. Just to be <laughs> one, one, three, one, three five, five, seven, seven nine, nine, eleven. It does make as much fucking sense if you had. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I'm the ones that I can remember, and this is the key thing that here because key. I might have seen all of these yes, because the, I exactly the same. I might have seen four, five, six, yeah. seven, nine, fucking. Yeah. I rabidly consumed. So when I was growing up, and when I got really Randomly into consumed films, tits and murder. Well, this was at the time <laughs> that. Um, 
DVD was really coming in and becoming a, a, a market force to be reckoned with. The upshot of that, if you were a young film fan, is that VHS became really cheap. Mm-hmm. So, and the other advantage is that I could go and buy videos secondhand at, the, at Milton Keynes Market, nice. where unlike in HMV, you weren't going to get age checked. They would the just source sell of you. horror in the UK, yeah. Milton Keynes Market. They would just sell you whatever you wanted. So I would go there. <laughs> so I would go there basically. The lawless world yeah. of Milton Keynes. So I would go there every, um, yeah, every week, and I would just buy a. Were you living near Milton Keynes at the time? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, like, I, did, I, I did. I didn't just, know this. Like, yeah. like fucking. <laughs> I did pilgrimage yeah, to just, Milton Keynes Market, the legendary VHS market <laughs> in Milton Keynes. Boys, they're not gonna card you. Let's go. Yeah. Um, it's the only yeah. place that doesn't card you, mate. How else are we gonna get away with it? Yeah. So Milton Keynes Market or car boot sales, I would just clean up sense. buying car boot sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Buying VHS and I, with, which with, is the British equivalent of a garage sale, basically. We, yeah. all oh, gather, we, clarify, yes. we all gather together in a field and sell stuff out the back of our cars <laughs> or on like shoddily made little tables and stuff, <laughs> yeah. or just on a picnic blanket sometimes. Sorry, because... phase out. We talk about dogging now. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, <laughs> shoddily made tables and picnic blankets. So yeah, so. My experience, um, the ones I can definitely remember watching are one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I skipped the other ones. Uh, the Jason, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, eight, Freddy vs. Jason, and the remake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may have seen all of them. That's uh, fair. It's, but yeah, it's but um, it was one of those things where a, a while ago I was clearing out... Um, bunch of stuff at my parents house and i found a bunch of videos taped off the television i was like halloween part four i have no recollection of this (laughs) but at some point i watched this and recorded it off the television it's like yeah so i think it's very interesting okay let's just take a look about the idea of of uh how long it's been since there's been a friday the 13th movie because it's 2009 was the 10 years 10 years and the most recent cultural footprint of uh, Friday the 13th in general is the video game that's just come out. Yes. Um, which has been... A year old now or so. A thing. Yeah. It's not... I don't know if it's been big or small. It's just been a thing and people mm. on Twitch it or whatever. It was but, on PlayStation Plus which helped it explode a few, oh, a few months. Yeah, that ago. makes At sense. time of recording, it was earlier this year. Is it meant to be good? I've not played it's it It's decent. Um, so it's, it's an asymmetric multiplayer thing which is it's very kind of reminiscent of dead by daylight where it's one novel approach yeah. it's very very similar where one person plays jason and the rest of you are the counselors either trying to get a car started and get the different bits and escape or find something and you can like stun jason and stop him and stuff but yeah it's a one player against all the other players mm, kind of that... thing and it rotates as i think it's like the winner then becomes jason and then it rotates around and all that mm. kind of stuff it's a lot of fun if you know the people yeah if you know the people and you can get like enough good people around with you i think like if it was split screen or lan or something oh, like great. when we were kids back yeah, in the day yeah. before the interwebs i think the four of us would have a fucking blast playing something <laughs> like that but coming to patreon over the over yeah, the, yeah exactly there's yeah. some there's some bonus content yeah, right yeah. There. i wish um but like playing with random people it just gets a bit weird yeah. and there's it's like yeah. real the animation's really janky and yeah. it's all kind of it's fun for what it is, and yeah. some people, the hardcore fans, fucking love it. And as I said, like hard, hardcore yeah. horror fans are fucking hardcore. Which one worried about this episode a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. I, if I, if I was fighting with people over Shrek Two on YouTube, I think we're gonna have a <laughs> lot of problems with this yeah. I, potentially. I will say that does sound a lot better than Friday the Thirteenth for the NES. Oh god, that's <laughs> which is is bad. That's badly. That's my experience of. Friday the Thirteenth video game, so that's not very good. What's but, that um, one like? Okay, I'm I trying to, to even remember, but it's really bats, isn't hard it? to. Yeah, like there's very little of the actual because in a NES game, how do you sustain Jason? So I went like, oh yeah, it's an asymmetric multiplayer, reminiscent of Dead by Daylight. Like lots of bats. <laughs> well, I think you walk in a room and Jason happens <laughs> to be there, and then you leave the room. You go, oh well, fuck, he's in there, I guess. And you walk around and you go into a house. I loosely recall it, but it's fucking terrible. But the, the point I'm trying to sort of work towards is that it's interesting how in the 80s there was a big revival of the Universal Monsters. I wonder if we are slow... Well, I'd say I wonder if we're slowly getting towards... They keep trying to bring this back and make it work. Much like the other 80s classics like Halloween, which, again, to be fair, is one of the most successful revive revivifications. But Friday the 13th keeps... Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street keeps falling on its face. 
and Hellraiser is always just there, it seems. <laughs> oh, I forget. Just I forget wanking in the corner. <laughs> I forget Hellraiser exists, but then you see like these hardcore horror fans. Like, Again. You go into a shop. Like, Someone dresses as a Cenobite. Take like, um, uh, the TV and movie store here in Norwich, for yeah. example. Half the fucking merchandise is all these horror films that haven't been successful in yeah. 30 years and have this huge cult following for no reason. Although that then, is action figures in general. At absolutely, the oh, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. just selling Nostalgia. to that demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to interject, uh, so... The Friday the 13th game for the NES yeah. uh, is not unlike the Friday the 13th game, the modern one, although very unlike it at the same time. <laughs> so you play... Excellent description. You play as a group of counsellors. Obviously, who, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And you control, so far, a, so good. you control a team of six, but rather than trying to escape Jason, you are trying to kill Jason before he kills again. Right. Um, and you do, as Matt said, just get attacked by miscellaneous animals because Yay. otherwise it's just always fighting Jason. Um, when you do fight Jason, it takes the form of the video game Punch-Out. So, <laughs> and I will just show you, That's see amazing. if I can find a screenshot of that. I was going to say that in addition to bringing things back in, uh, at time of recording, Child's Play is currently back in the cinema. Oh, yes. And well, that's true. Nobody cares. Um, have you guys seen it yet? Nope. No. I don't like the original. Have you Child's seen Play. it yet, Matthew? I haven't seen it yet. That says everything. Yeah, it's something's um, in the cinema. And Matthew hasn't seen it. Yep, that's. I haven't had a chance to. And uh, I mean, as, as Alex said, I don't give a fuck about the. Child. I mean, okay, I, horror is a blind spot for me because I find the formula so tedious. But I still get engrossed in it, and I still jump and go ah, as we all do, <laughs> um, in different ways, obviously. But I don't care for the formula so much. I don't get a lot out of it. So when like an original thing is like the first Saw film or Paranormal Activity or Blair Witch Project or something or more subversive sort of thriller like horrors like The Witch and stuff, I think this is really good. I'm rather enjoying this. And then classically, in all horror trope fashion, make seven more. It's like, <laughs> oh, bollocks. I mean, another thing that's coming out uh, at time of recording is Midsummer, for example, mm. uh, the director of Hereditary. Now that's a horror film I can get behind because it's like, Hereditary is amazing. What are you going to do next? another weird thing cool i don't uh, i will tend to follow the director rather than follow the franchise so if you tell me okay here's a um for example get out and and to a, a sort of similar extent um us like oh jordan peele's doing a really good job with with subvertive horror at this point very entertaining but if he did get out too or if anybody did get out too I'd be like uh i'm i'm kind of i'm good i'm good we were talking about VHS age and and the kind of cultural power these ha these films have and I think that it has switched at a certain point from being a general thing that everybody had seen to something that only horror obsessives yeah have seen and now the thing that occupies the space of you know your your average you know if the people who were if if you made scream today the people wouldn't be taught, they wouldn't be asking about Friday the 13th. They'd be asking about Paranormal Activity and Saw. Those are the franchises that have dominated and have the cultural like weight that Freddy did, mm. Freddy and Jason, and, uh, you know, that had back then. But then I guess the question you have to ask is would they even be referencing anything? Because I think that I would say that even with your Saws and your Paranormal Activities, these are films that didn't have the cultural impact that Freddy and Jason did, even though they are the mm. thing in horror in the past decade. Mm. These weren't the films that had the cultural impact that Freddy and Jason did in the 80s, where they were huge, recognisable characters who sort of transcended even into children's culture. Mm. You know, Freddy Krueger had a, like a rap single yeah that tells you oh, you know and they were will, TV. will smith did a rap single about freddy Krueger. yeah exactly mm. and there were and there were um tv shows and there were mm. spin-offs and mm. there were you know so Wait, where's dr gordon from saul's rap album <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question actually yeah, i mean i say horror is a blind spot for me personally but i still watch it and so on but it is interesting what is the big horror franchise right now and i think the truth of the matter is that Yes, okay, we'll probably post-recording go, this one, bollocks, I forgot about that. But I don't think any one franchise dominates in the same way that in the 30s the Universal Monsters did, or in the way that even like the Silver Age with the Hammer Horror stuff, or even in the 80s with the Freddies and the Michaels and the and the, and the Jasons, the, the first name killers. <laughs> but specifically of late, we've had a lot of like 
returns to things we There's already also reboots know. and kind of that kind yeah. of stuff. But we also don't get R-rated movies really anymore, mm. which is a big part of it. Horror appeals to a niche demographic and cinema economically at the moment is very much about make this for the PG-13 market. Yeah. Mm. And I think that that's a big part of the reason is that there isn't that convergence of those kinds of things in the same way. Mm. I think that there isn't the audience to sustain them in the same way. A which lot of is, this stuff is now going on Netflix. I was going to say, like mm. TV, yeah. You get these sort of short-running series, like, oh, it's like two or three seasons of, oh, it's like a From Dusk Till Dawn TV series that nobody mm. fucking asked mm. for. <laughs> and, like, these weird things. There is a Friday the 13th TV show, the, not modern, but, like, no, there was one, one at yeah. the time. But, like, it's weird how that's now become the kind of... More, more modern platform for a lot of the horror stuff. Yeah. The most successful one I can think of that is about to get a sequel at the time of recording is It. Mm. Like, oh, that was, yes. That's been the best horror film for years, in my opinion. Mm. And I'm not a horror guy, because I liked the first It quite a lot. Mm. And I was surprised how much I enjoyed that film. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the second one hasn't come out yet. And we'll, and it, we'll and see, we'll see um, how that goes. And even that's arguably tapping into Stranger Things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Also, I mean, Stephen King... No, revival. Oh, that's yes. very true. That's Absolutely. very true. With Pet Cemetery and things like that as well. The success of Dark Tower, right, guys? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that TV show that's going to be really successful based on Dark Tower. What's the Shining sequel they're doing? I've forgotten. Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Sleep. The yeah. book is meant to be very good. It is. I've yes. it, yeah. It and is again, good, I'm, yeah. I'm quite curious about the film. But I was going to say, interestingly, I think the big, as weird as this might sound, the big horror TV thing. American Horror Story and maybe technically The Walking Dead, I guess. Walking Dead, exactly. So things like that, for example, is we're talking like three or four years ago. The Walking Dead is the biggest mm. show in the world, basically. Mm. That's very Apart true. Apart from Big Bang Theory, yeah. but fuck Big Bang Theory. Yeah, <laughs> zombies. That's where it was. At. I'm sorry. Fight I think, me, audience. I was trying to think of what it was that was the big thing horror-wise. Zombies. It's not a single person. It's zombies. It's zombies. Mm. Of course yeah. it is. I think. I think there's. Yeah. I think a lot of these like cultural shifts are just why it's hard to replicate a Friday the Thirteenth film now because. Mm it's that shift away we don't seem to have those iconic figures of horror it tends to be more of an amorphous force and you could probably talk about how that relates to you know millennial anxieties versus baby boomer anxieties i'm sure that there's a someone's cultural studies thesis in there or something <laughs> yeah. um yeah it tends to be uh, zombies or it tends to be something that you know is it, going around slamming doors in paranormal activity it follows and stuff like that it follows yeah, and things yeah. like that where you don't you don't necessarily have a figure that you can point at and go that's the bad guy yeah. um and things like ch the change from you know films being primarily consumed in the cinema and on VHS at home to the age of DVD and now streaming formats and how people are coming to these films mm. i think it does make it a lot harder to like strike you know capture that lightning in a bottle the second mm. time around in terms of, you know, what would you do with Friday the 13th nowadays? Because it kind of feels like a, a little bit of a relic of a bygone age. Well, it's the same thing. What would you do with a Dracula? Not like a, a vampire film, a Dracula film. Because mm. it's not, you're not resurrecting the idea of a walking, stalking killer. It's like this particular walking, stalking killer. So you end up saying, well, again, which people tend to try and do, just make it a period film. Make it appropriate for the time. Make we it a seventies. We get Dracula untold. And it's oh, fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah! Let's reboot the whole Universal Monsters thing. It's gonna be fine. Here's here's oh, what dear. we should do: is we should get uh, Richard Linklater to basically make another thematic sequel to Dazed and Confused, except halfway through, Jason shows up and starts killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily have a problem with that. <laughs> so that's our thoughts on Friday the Thirteenth as a series as a bunch of sequels that probably need sequelizing but god knows where to start and yeah it's a mess it's a mess so i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of hate for this and if you want to send us hate you can tweet at us but it's not going to make us watch those movies no, <laughs> i'm still gonna only watch like four and a half of those films so well, what i would say to people though is do let us know where you think the point Ooh. is okay mm, let yeah, us know maybe, yeah let us know where you think the sequelizing should start with this series, what whether it's done? two, whether it's five, what ideas you have for how you could do a really good Friday the 13th sequel. Uh, and let us know if there's stuff we're missing about these films in terms of the the narrative, in terms of mm. their appeals, in terms of whatever else. So yeah, just get in touch. Via. I'm, sure, I'm sure that there's people out there who really love like, oh yeah, Demon Worm. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a demon worm that. tattoo, mate. Uh, yeah. 
There are absolutely people with demon worm tattoos. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jack, how can they do that? Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Of course, we're just sequelizers on all social media. If you want to get involved and work out where to fix this god-awful franchise. If you have a full pitch and are interested in sending us a longer, more detailed message, sequelizers at gmail.com is the place to send it to. And, yeah, if they want to have a go at you directly, Matthew, about your the fact that you've seen all of them, they yeah. can actually have a full debate about, what yeah. do you think about the 10th one, Matt? I mean, my... Oh, to be fair, 10th they have a lot of opinions on. Don't, don't How scientists fight, stress in the future is interesting. <laughs> um, if they want to get in contact with me and debate me at great length, because I will goddamn well take them on on it. We know. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me on various social media platforms, Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z... Or you can put a big old metal pole in the, your garden, wait for a lightning to strike or come out of the ground and go, ah, I and don't think this is a good film. Put your signature hockey mask on and off you go. My signature moustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, that's, I, all, yeah that's all. Your defining characteristics like rugby tops and... <laughs> And must, that devil beard of yours. Yeah, it's like Jason always has to have, well, again, a pillowcase or a mask. It's like Jason is, this, Matthew is a very strange, random, cr- lanky creature, but he has to have the moustache, otherwise it's not Matthew. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim, how about you? Uh, I am at trivia underscore lad on Twitter. That's probably the best place to contact me. Uh, and yeah, you can rag on me for only having seen the 10th and possibly like worst by your estimation not the worst, not the worst. Uh, people like 10 yeah I think. 10, 10's yeah. so silly it's actually quite fun manhattan's yeah. the worst yeah um no i was i was i was an action movie teenager yeah. so um yeah. apologies R- no no the the manhattan's not the worst it goes to hell's worst interesting okay yeah no i'm not i'm not gonna fight you that's fine <laughs> they're both terrible how about that oh i agree with that how about like 11 out of those 12 Just... films are pretty crap. <laughs> Yeah, well, we could talk about this later. We'll do like a follow-up episode. I like about talk more about Friday the Thirteenth. Plow and stogs at it again. The, the general yeah. consensus is they're not good. Yeah. We'll call it. We'll call it Saturday the Fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think that was one of the like in the same way that Rebecca Black did Friday, that she then did Saturday. Like, oh, that's okay. a real thing. Speaking of Rebecca Black, how can people things. find you on the internet, Alec? So Alec underscore Plowman on Twitter is me. Uh, my website is www.alecplowman.com. And as of today, it is what? updated with, hey. with a placeholder page. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's no more, there's no more out of date content for me to update. Now it just stays in date until something major in my <laughs> life happens. If the internet wants to find you, Jack, and make you watch these movies, how can they do that? Um, I think on that horror streaming service I mentioned before that I can't remember the name of. Uh, Shudder? Uh, there oh, we go. Yeah, well there go. done. Well, yeah. I, I was thinking something. I knew it began with an S and I was like, streamer, slicker, slither, something like that. Scary. Sure. <laughs> Just scary. Shat. <laughs> Shart, the streaming service. If you want to follow me on Shudder, Shart, or any of those. Shit uh, him right up. <laughs> You want to ship? You want to ship me right up? I'm JLW Chambers on basically everything. Not Shudder because I'm not a horror guy. Um, can you follow people on that? I don't know how it that works. It follows you. Ah, it follows. Uh, that's a, that's a film I've seen. It's a, good it's film. a horror film. Yeah. That's how you get to me. JLW Chambers, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And if for some unpleasant, god awful reason you want to give us money to talk about horror films more. You can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and uh, various tiers, various rewards, bonus content, all that good stuff available to you, dear listeners, if you throw some dollars at us. Which point out, if anyone has donated already thus far, thank you so much. Very kind. Yes, big yeah. thank you. And as you're now unsubscribing because you're a huge Jason fan, <laughs> in which case, I don't fucking miss you. They fuck you and your lack of taste. If, if you are, just just hold off. We'll talk. It's fine. You guys you guys come to Camp Alec. It'll be all right. Camp Alec? <laughs> <laughs> Camp Alec sounds like a character Alec Baldwin played on SNL. <laughs> Plowman Lake. <laughs> Plowman Lake sounds like an accident he had in the hallway once. <laughs> both, both correct. 
both may be true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll there see are, you online. There are, in, there are, in fact, tiers on Patreon to request films for us to cover in the future. So if you're really fucking hardcore about Friday the 13th oh, and yeah, want yeah, us to go true. in depth, mm-hmm. you can pay money and request it. Which yeah, is, true. Yeah, I mean, within reason. We're not just accepting any old request from anybody, but yeah. <laughs> Every request just screaming Friday the 13th at yeah. 7 only. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to fix do it. Are we going to have to do a series now where we fix all of them? <laughs> yes, oh an entire season. An Christ. Enti- yeah, an entire 12 episode season of. Oh my God.